What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Detroit producer Apollo Brown. We spoke about Euphoria, Atlanta, Mr. Between, Flatliners, The Land Before Time, Steven Spielberg's debut movie Duel, his personal top five movies, discovering hip hop through DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, main source in the DOC, his production aesthetic, the importance of consistency in hip hop, a handful of his projects, and the creative process behind his latest album, This Must Be The Place. Come fuck with us. What's cracking, everybody? Uh, welcome back to Real Notes. Uh, I'm back recording again. Uh, it's still kind of getting used to it. I took a two month break, but we're back. <laughs> uh, Dylan Green, Cinema Sci. Um, I got a lot of names. I uh, do a lot of shit all around places. And um, we got somebody on the show today who also does a lot of shit. And um, try, I've been a man, fan. Try. I've been a fan for about a decade, so this is a pretty cool one. Uh, this man's a producer extraordinaire. He's done, he's done over a dozen collab albums with like all your favorites. I'm not gonna list them all right now, but there's a ton. He's done those. He's done beat tapes. He's done compilations. He's been synced all over the place. You can hear his music in games and movies and all sorts of crazy shit. Um, got Apollo Brown in the building today. Yo. Um, yo man his um on his late on his latest beat tape this must be the place is out now via mellow music yep. group and man thank you so much for being here i really really appreciate it yeah yeah it. thank you for having me i appreciate it man absolutely nah definitely um before i forget because i meant um um i forgot to mention this off the record um you're um you're a friend of my friend jerry barrows and yeah. um you came through the watch loud offices a couple times and i think we met for the first time when you and sky zoo came for the okay. easy truth so okay. okay so yeah it's it's a uh, it's yeah, good jerry's, to see jerry's my man man he's yeah, man. great great guy great dude man i love i love linking up with him yeah same for real he's 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 my og he's taught me so much of what i know and he's absolutely. incredible so just had yeah. to had to shout out jerry one time and good to see you again yeah absolutely <laughs> man um so yeah bro thank you for coming through to talk to me about movies and bullshit <laughs> yeah yeah that's and it's crazy because i'm not really a movie buff but you know you know, I have my favorites like everybody else and I have, right. you know, certain things that I uh, I gravitate towards, man. But um, yeah, no. So this is very different for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we all got favorites. This, I, I always try to tell people this is like, like this isn't really about being like a buffer and expert. It's just about like how how the stuff's affected you, if it's affected you. And, you know, we yeah. just kind of move for so uh first question i ask everybody who comes on here what was the last movie or tv show you watched that you had a strong opinion about oh man um strong opinion about okay um, it could be positive or negative it doesn't yeah, i was gonna say it could be positive or negative it could be like yo that was <laughs> trash like yo yeah. that was i just i hated every minute of it um <sighs> you know what probably like something like um euphoria mm. euphoria you know to me that was it's an amazing show and i'm not being biased because i have music in it right me and my <laughs> wife were watching it before before that you know it's just an amazing show it's a little unrealistic to me as far as like um what kind of goes on in high school i mean we've all been there and 
you know, crazy things go on in high school, but nah, man, not, not that crazy. Like it's, you know, there's no parents around anywhere ever. You know what I'm saying? When I was growing up, parents were everywhere. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't do nothing. Um, But (laughs) I love the show. The show is captivating. It kind of keeps you on edge. Um, It makes you hate characters. It makes you love (laughs) characters. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they do a really good job with that show to me. Um, So I definitely have a strong opinion about that show. Um, Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Atlanta was another one. This season was, um, it was very different um i I think it you know i I, i've been seeing like mixed reviews on atlanta and um you got some you know certain certain episodes that kind of grab you and certain episodes kind of throw you for a loop and um but you know all in all man you know i love that show you know that show it it it, it, they do a good job so yes yeah those are probably the latest that i've you know kind of watched and 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 had a stronger opinion on I feel it. Um, I also really like Euphoria. It took me. It took me a while because, like, I love the, I love um, um I love the visual aesthetic. I think um you know like for I have a, I have a few issues with Sam Levinson as a person, but his like whole his whole like 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 the visual aesthetic that he yeah. puts out is just like really gorgeous. The acting's great, of course. You know, like the music. Um, yeah. um, the music's always really fun. It's just like it's just so interesting to see so many like. Like, th- like there was one scene when Rue is dancing. Um, no, Rue was rapping. Pox hit him up in the back of a car, and I'm just like, it's kind of crazy just to think that, like, yeah, you know, like his music really just reaches across generations, and just like oh, to see people like to see people like him, and to see people like you on the show is just like, you know, like I hear I hear a beat, and I'm like, is that Apollo Brown? And like I heard, um, um, I heard uh, uh dueling experts, uh, verbal Kent. Yep, yep, and, yep. Um just like yeah it's 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 like yeah <laughs> it's, it's way it's from left to right man it's like across across the whole spectrum when it comes to music man i love it yeah it, it's 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 a uh, it's real refreshing i think i think like like i think like whenever i look at a show like that or like atlanta or like insecure like those three shows have incredible incredible meal drop music cues to me yeah, like just like, just like the, cur- the curation on all three of those shows is nuts yeah i find myself um you know looking things up man and, and shazamming music yeah. when i'm uh when i'm watching those shows definitely <laughs> but since you mentioned atlanta and because the fourth season's about to come out the fourth and final season unfortunately is about to come out um yeah so like you mentioned you mentioned that people kind of had like mixed feelings about the third season and i'm one of those people i liked yeah. it overall but i thought the yeah so how did how did you feel about the one-offs that like weren't directly related because like a lot of that, people that have didn't a- have any uh characters in it as far as you know related to atlanta yeah um <laughs> they were they were definitely different man it was um it, they were episodes that made you kind of sit back and think man and like wow um it it it, it like those were some of the ones that i think were uh that gave mixed reviews um to the people right. i think they were like you know some people i've seen you know what is this why 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 this episode and then other people were like yo that episode was crazy deep um you know i think it was um i don't know i think it was necessary you know what i'm saying it was so they kind of threw you for a loop you know what i'm saying it didn't really have a lot to do with the actual characters in the show but um it it, it gave you a little something extra man kind of gave you some depth um and I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. 
you know, it's diff- definitely different, but I, I didn't mind it. I love the show overall. Yeah, you know, I feel like uh, like some of them worked and some of them didn't. And like the general idea of it just being like, okay, so like this episode is here to like reinforce the theme of the episode that came before it. Like yeah. I like I appreciate them trying to do that. And like, and, and, I mean, like I said, there were a couple that I really, really liked and a couple others that I was like, that one didn't really do it for me. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was a lot because yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I love Donald Glover and I'm gonna and I'm gonna like I try to I try to be objective but every once in a while you just come across somebody where it's like okay maybe uh maybe it's a little harder to be as objective as I want to be but like there yeah. were a few near the back half that I was like we didn't need this one we didn't need this one but you know like ambition cool. I saw an article <laughs> with uh Donald Glover saying something about um there was a lot of black people saying that this show wasn't for them and uh I can see that. <laughs> and he was, you know, obviously combating that, you know. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. You know, it's a good show. There's there's lots of good or TV out there, man. There's lots of good, there's a lot of good series out there. Like I'm watching right now, I'm watching uh, Mr. In-Between. I'm trying to catch up on that. How is that? I haven't seen any of it yet. Oh, man, it's great, man. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm on, I'm in the middle of season two right now. Um, I kind of binge watch it at night. So I'll, um. I watch two or three episodes a night and then, um, you know, or when I can, you know, throughout the week. And it, it's a good show, man. It's based in Australia. Um, I think it's one of the few Australian shows that I've ever watched, um, but it's really good. I enjoy it, man. It's a lot of, um, it's just, you know, drama and a little bit of action, a little bit of, um, you know, just just this, this dude who just kind of, you know, a, a paid, you know, or, or, or a, a, I guess you can, they call him a, uh, um, he's not a murderer for hire, but he's kind of like a, um, a criminal for hire. And right. uh, he goes and goes and does uh, certain things that he needs to do. But he's kind of a good guy, though. So it's, it's weird, man, because in his everyday life, you know, he has his daughter, he has his girlfriend, you know, he, he's kind of, a, he's a good guy, he does good things. And, he, and he's, he has good intentions, but then he has this whole other life where, you know, he, he takes pay for, you know, roughing up people or, or going to, 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 you know, take care of somebody or whatever. And um, it's just a good show, man. You should definitely start watching. Yeah. I want to tap in because I had a couple other people tell me about it and it reminded me of uh, you ever watched Ray Donovan before? Yeah. It yeah reminds it's kind of, kind of along those lines. Yeah. 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 Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Along those lines, and yeah, you know, I'm, it's I'm just that whole you, you're conflicted because it's kind of like Dexter, where you like him, yeah, but he's a killer. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he's a killer for the right reasons. It's weird because it's like <laughs> you you like him, and and I don't know, man. It's it's just it's it's that type of uh, dynamic where you're kind of conflicted. Right. He's an antihero, and you know, like those are. Those yeah. are always like, yeah, I always love stuff like that. Like, um, what's it called? Um, my partner and I last night, we just finished ro- watching a uh, veep, the Julia Louis Dreyfus HBO show where she's the okay. vice president. Okay. And, 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 and like the whole thing there is that like, she's just, she's just like the most morally reprehensible person on planet earth. Like she does like the most horrible things yeah. to get her, to get her position. But like, and, and it's weird because I wouldn't even call her an anti-hero. She's just like the protagonist of the show. So like you're kind of forced to see, not 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 necessarily see things from her perspective, but it's like 
she's the protagonist so like you're following her story even though you hate her and it's like it's a that one's a lot of fun too we uh we kind of binge the whole show in like two weeks it's like seven seasons and it it, it was it was yeah it's worth it it's worth it (laughs) yeah hey man i tried to do that with uh there's a show called letter kenny i don't know (laughs) i know letter kenny (laughs) you know letter kenny okay yeah so i have uh i have mentions in that in that in that show somewhere in that show (laughs) and nobody can tell me where it's at and so like letter kenny is only for certain people like if you like you know it the first episode if you're gonna love it or not and either and i think either people love it or they hate it um but I, I I literally started watching the show just for the fact that I have stuff in there and but I don't know where it, where it is. It's like eight seasons or nine seasons of, of the show of the show. So I have to dig through this show and I don't know if whatever I have in it, my mention is in like season six, you know, episode seven or something, you know. So right. I'm kind of forced to watch the whole um the whole you know series, man. And um that's one of those things that I tried to binge binge watch, man. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it, man. After a while, I kind of just got lost. And, and, um, did you watch it by chance? I have, but I haven't seen the whole thing. I okay. got a lot of people who love that show, but I it's very different, it. man. It's, it's one of those, like, there's certain episodes I like. If you like dry humor, you know, if you like really dry humor and sarcasm, which I like, um, you know, that show would, would be good for you. You know what I'm saying? And and but there's certain there's certain episodes and I'm just like, oh my God, man, I fall asleep to it a lot. But um <laughs> again, I'm I'm I have a whole purpose. I'm trying to find these mentions, these Apollo Brown mentions in there. And um, <laughs> you know, but anyway, um, you know, I I I really like shows like um uh, like Vice Principles and um yeah uh eastbound and down and um you know um let's see uh the royal gemstones i was about to ask if you like the gemstones i love the righteous gemstones so good yeah you know um shows like that series like that those are always good um i like to laugh a lot man so yeah you know i like to watch a lot of comedy stuff but you know i love my action man you know uh and i like i like dramas i like it all man but I'm, I'm never I never have the time to really sit down and watch a two hour movie. You know, I do, I you know, me and my wife will sit down or whatever. And but I'm always busy where I have to kind of, you know, watch it in parts, man, watch movies in parts. You know, OK, I'll watch 30 minutes here and then I got to go. Then I'll come back and continue. And then and that's never fun, man, when you got to, you know, you got to compartmentalize a movie. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Same with shows, man. We we're like big, like ninety day fiance, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, man. We yeah. and we'll sit and watch, um, you know, HGTV all night, man. Every night, you know, trying to get ideas and stuff, and right. um, you know, just just super old people stuff, man. Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we sitting here watching this? Hey, man. Oh man. It's low investment, you know, like you don't always you don't always have time to watch a movie or like invest yourself in a season long story. And it's like it's nice. It's you know, I guess like it's nice to have stuff like that. It's nice to have stuff where you can just like pop in and like watch three episodes and be comfortable with it and then just like move on. You know, like if you have time to devote to something, that's always great, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, man. So I, I find myself just like music, like watching 
tried and true movies that I've already seen a billion times and then watch right. it again because I love it. And I know that I'm going to love it because I, you know, I've, I've always loved it. So same with music, you know, I always find myself right. watching or listening to, you know, it just, Ill, let's say Illmatic or something like, you know, stuff that I know is tried and true that I love. And I'm gonna just keep listening to that album. Like, um, yeah. you know, like certain movies I love that I, that I continue to listen or watch. This is how I am. Totally. Yeah. So, you know, like, let's dig into that a little more. Like, what's the first, what's the first movie? What's the first time you can remember seeing a movie? Like, it could be at the theater. It could be at your cousin house. Um, it could be wherever. You know what? The first movie I ever seen at the theater, um, I think I was, it was funny, man, because I think, I think I might, I think I might have been 10 or nine or something like that. And it was um, Flatliners. Wow. That was the first movie I seen at a theater, man. And I went with my best friend at the time, his his mom and her friend. So I, I'm 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 assuming that we just didn't have a sitter and she was like, "All right, well, I want to go see this movie. You guys just got to come with me." Type thing. <laughs> Cuz why would you take a 9-year-old or whatever to go watch Flatliners, man? That's not really, you know. But that was the first movie I ever seen, you know in the theater man that was crazy i trying to think what year was flat out flatliners I, i'll tell you hold on let me see flatliners uh um uh flatliners 1990 yeah so i was 10 yeah. yep i was 10 man and um so that was that was the first movie i seen you know in the theater that was the first movie i really remember watching um i couldn't tell you much about it but that was that i just remember watching that movie man and and it was, it was crazy as a 10 year old yeah it's a wild movie at any age you know yeah. like the whole like for anybody not familiar like the like the whole concept of flatliners is about these like it's about these kids who like they like for like for lack of a better term they kill themselves a bunch and like yeah they take themselves like, to this edge of like death and then try to bring each other back it's, yeah it's like what like come on man and the only reason i remember is because they um they either did like a remake or a sequel that dropped in 2017 and they i did, saw that yeah. and then I remember and, that. And, okay and then i and then and then i watched the original too and i or, or, or maybe i had seen the original before maybe may, maybe i did but either way like just like really really bizarre wild concept and like the original movie is really cool the, the new one wasn't that great but like the, the original one was cool it's, yeah, it's with a, like uh what was the david bacon yeah um yeah yeah man that was that was my first that was my earliest memories of movies right there wow and that's crazy because i was 10 you know right now by the time you're 10 you've watched countless movies you know what i'm yeah. saying my kids have watched so many movies my son's 13 my daughter or my daughter's seven but they've watched so many different movies <laughs> but you know, and, and not just like cartoon movies, like actual movies. Right. But I feel like movies for kids weren't really abundant back then. It was like Land Before Time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's and like the that occasional was Disney movie. Yeah. The occasional movie. You know what I'm saying? The and that was it, man. And um, so you you didn't really have kids' movies. You had like um Dennis the Menace and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, um, I think Home Alone came out back then, you know, the original, mm -hmm. you know, like certain movies that were okay for kids, but there wasn't an abundance of them like there are today. Yeah, not really. 
definitely yeah yeah you know like the and, and you know, like the animated ones at that time were like those were like if, if an animated movie was coming out it was like a big thing it was like oh like yeah. the new disney movies out Let's yeah like when it, land you know? land before time came out like that was huge at the time it was like yeah. what what is this this is you know and that that came out around that time as well man and it was like right. that was before they really got into you know amazing you know animation and and you know including like cgi with the animation and all this other crazy stuff right. man it's like yeah it was just basically you know a moving book so yeah <laughs> like like oh. a lot of people like to talk about how um uh like the death of optimus prime in that first transformers movie was like a pivotal moment for people's childhood for me it was for me it was littlefoot's mom dying at the beginning of the land before time like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah yeah or it's it's it, we were stuck watching bambi or something like that man it was right just like, on, <laughs> um yeah yeah that's that was my first uh my first memory of movies man that's wild so as you get so as you grow older and you start to have more experiences and you kind of build a roster of movies that you can kind of that are kind of like comfort movies for you like you were talking about before um what's the like what's the what what was the movie that kind of made you fall in love with movies like not even necessarily in like an artful sense but just like a just like in like that comfort sense of like this really touches me in a way beyond just being entertaining you know um movies that really like moved me and and it was we're talking early nineties. So, um, like movies like boys in the hood, mm -hmm. classic, um, you know, your, your, your traditional, um, urban, you know, story, whatever you want to call it, but like boys in the hood, like, you know, movies like Miss the society, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, South central, you know, yeah. um, OG Bobby Johnson. Obviously, yeah. yeah, OG Bobby Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, New Jack City, Juice. You know, all these movies that were just urban-centric, man, and, and um, you know, telling their story from their specific region of the United States. And, and uh, where you know, it, it was just like, these, these movies blew my mind. You know, these were the movies that just, like, I gravitated towards. I think I saw... When Menace came out, I think I saw it six times in the theater. I just kept Jeez. going back. And this was also around the time where you have to pick and choose your day and time to go see these movies because if you went on a Saturday night at 10 o'clock, there was something bound to happen. You know what I'm saying? There was fights. Yeah. There was shootings. There was all kinds of crazy shit going on. And it was like, all right, so I'm going I'm to go see Menace Society in a matinee you know, a one o'clock matinee, <laughs> man, where it's nice and safe, man. But um, yeah, you know, stuff like that, man, is just, I really gravitated towards it at, at the time. Um, and then I, there was always movies that came on TV. You know, you, it, it'd be a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon or whatever, and you're sitting there chilling and these certain movies would always come on, man. And you, you'd always catch them. And one of those movies that I fell in love with uh, during that time, it became one of my top five movies. Was uh, Big Trouble in Little China? Man, that movie is Damn. top five movie for me. I, I love that movie. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, um, I mean, what can you say, man? Jack Burton, come on, man! Like, mm -hmm. amazing, man. You know, and 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 the Three Storms. 
I, that blew my mind, man. It's like, what? These dudes, man. These dudes is just like one shooting lightning, man. One is, you know, it, it just. And then you got Lopan. You yeah. know, Lopan was nuts, man. It was like yeah. um, the whole the whole cast, man. You know, the the whole movie was great, man. And, and Jack Burton, man, he was just this cocky, crazy dude that was just he was kind of corny, man. And and he he uh he thought he was tougher than he was and he just didn't know you know the the underground yo that movie was crazy the movie was dope yeah man. that, that uh, movie is so good like it's just like just like the whole idea so i caught myself watching it all the time you know every time it came on i caught myself watching it man it would it would um i swear it would come on every week man and I, i've probably seen that movie 300 times man like it's just a great movie yeah no i agree it's just like like that's one of the that's one of the earliest examples of a movie I could think of where they were really playing with like the, you know, like on top of on top of it, just like being really funny and really entertaining, just like on its own merits, like just the whole like just like Jack Burton being just like this white dude who fails up and like Lopan yeah. being the real <laughs> yeah, hero yeah. of the movie, you know, like just like like that was yeah, one of the man. earliest examples of a movie where I was like, oh, like they're making fun of this guy, you know, like yeah. I recognized that pretty early on. And, and then was it was like, like cool. funny without supposed to be, I don't think it was supposed to be funny. Right. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. Like In a lot was, of ways it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. There was certain parts that were supposed to be serious. And I think it just ended up being comedic. Like it was like, yo, this dude is hilarious, man, with the shit that he's doing and the stuff that he's like, I'm like, what are you? I don't know, man. It's just a great movie, man. Great movie yeah. had a great aura about it. It was, um, it was one of those movies that whenever it was on, I was always gravitated. I, I always gravitated towards it. I was like, oh, I could be walking out the room, and you know, it'll come on after a commercial while I'm walking out the room, and I'm like, oh, and then I'll just stand there and watch it. Yeah. And then I might even come back in the room and sit down and just continue to watch, man. From, and that's from beginning to end. It was oh, there's always something going on, and it was never a dry or dull moment. That was like, all right, I can leave the room. No, I gotta, I gotta stay here and watch this movie. Yeah, top nah. five, top five movie. So Easy. good, Easy. And so I think good. three so of fun, three yeah. of my top five movies were like that. They were the movies that came on TV all the time, and it was almost like um, I don't want to say a brainwash. It wasn't really a brainwash. It was just more of a. I, I just I gravitated towards these movies and I watched them and I watched them and I fell in love with them and and they just became movies that if I had to you know if I was trapped on a desert island with a tv and a dvd player you know these are the movies that I would watch these are the movies that I would bring with me you know what I'm saying so they just they that's that's you know they're they're those movies I don't know man so before we move on what were the other two Oh, um, well, my favorite movie of all time is The Warriors. Mm -hmm. Now, in my industry, it's very cliche. Hey, it's very, man. especially, you know, East Coast, New York, you know, everybody loves The Warriors. It's the, you know, The Warriors. But The Warriors is just something that, again, you know, I, I, I was introduced to The Warriors just by it being on TV, just by it, you know, something that it, it, it came on. And I'm like, what is this? And then I started to learn the plot and really loved how, I mean, that plot, the whole, the whole plot of the movie was just, it just made sense to me. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. You have this, 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 this gang in a, in a city filled with all kinds of just a, a smaller gangs that are just 
all over the city and they they're on one side of the city and they got to make it back. They got to make it back home with a, a bounty on their head. Yeah. So it's kind of like, this makes sense to me. How are they going to get back? Now I want to watch this. How, how is this, how is this going to happen? And every little borough or every, every uh, little area of the city that they walk through, they're running into another gang that wants to eliminate them, yeah. you know? And it's like, ah, they got to get away. Damn, they got away. Cool. But now they got to go through another neighborhood with another gang, you know? And it's just like, this is a great movie, man. The characters are great. Um, you know, every, everything about that movie to me is, it, it's top notch. I mean, for me, you know, I, I know other people will be like, they'll, they'll pick that movie apart, but I'm not deep enough to where I pick movies apart. Like I, I come into a movie and I take it for what it is, man. Like, I don't say, ah, oh, man, you know, like, let's just say watching, um, the, um, the new, um, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I didn't go, I didn't go see the, the new Mortal Kombat thinking that it was going to be amazing acting. And you know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't watch it for that. I didn't watch it for this incredible plot with this, these amazing actors thinking that they're going to get Academy Awards. And, and, you know, I'm like, no, I, right. I, I came, I'm watching this movie for a specific reason. And I got that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, I got what I came for. Then I've seen other people pick it apart and like, oh man, but the acting was horrible and this and yeah, you knew that coming into it though. Like you, you <laughs> knew that this wasn't going to be, you know, oh, come on, this isn't saving private Ryan. Like this is not, you know, you're not going to get that from this. Yeah. But know, like, you know, I, I, that's the same with warriors, man. It's like you, you kind of get what you come for. And if you know about it, you know, yeah, the acting's not the greatest and maybe even the plot's not the greatest or whatever. Maybe it's predictable. I don't know. But the, the entertainment value is there. Everything is there that I need. So. Right. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what matters. You know, you know, you come to a movie, you come to a movie like the Warriors to see a bunch of dudes in leather vests and clown makeup beat each other up on subways. And you come Absolutely. to a movie for Mortal Kombat. You come to a movie like Mortal Kombat to see Sub-Zero freeze Jax's arms off and explode them into exactly. fleshy bits, you know, exactly. like, yeah. and, I, and I got that. And I was yeah. cool with that too. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, you know, and I think the, um, actually four out of my five, Mm. Are, are TV movies that I fell in love with watching on TV. And because I'll say the other one would be like Death, Death Wish. I love the Death Wish series, but mm -hmm. Death Wish 3 was probably my favorite one. Um, and that's the one where he took on the gang. Um, he took on the gang called the Street Punks. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, the name of the gang is called, they're, they're Street Punks. So it's like, that's the name of the gang the yeah, street the most basic shit like, yeah yeah you know what i'm saying that's like that's that's an adjective that's not even like that's how you describe somebody are oh, you street but the name of their gang was the street punks man but you know paul kersey was a beast man you know what i'm saying he you know vigilante and and all about vigilante justice and you got this this group of this gang who is terrorized is in this neighborhood or if you want to call it that but terrorizing these streets and and you know, these people in this building and, and multiple buildings, but this one building in particular, they're terrorizing everybody that lives there. And, you know, Paul Kersey, his, well, his friend calls him in, he comes and starts living there and, 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 and then saves the day, man. Like, 
you know, he's, he's, he's that guy and, you know, vigilante justice, man. I'm all about it when in, in the movies. Um, <laughs> so yeah, death wish, death wish is the shit. And, and then my last one would be, uh, so it's a movie. A lot of people don't know about this movie, but it's a movie called duel. So it's, um, mm-hmm. it's a movie that really the whole movie takes place on the highway. And it's about this dude um, who he's a salesman or something like that. And he's coming back from a sales trip and he's on the highway. And then all of a sudden this creepy ass like semi tanker starts messing with him on the highway and starts following him. And he's trying to get away from him and he keeps following him and trying to run him off the road. And he's like, what the hell, man? What, what, what's going on? I didn't do anything to this guy, whatever, whatever. He just keeps trying to run me off the road. And so the whole movie, he's running from this tanker. And this tanker is crazy. It's, it's spooky looking. You can't see the driver. And, but, but he's literally trying to murder him on the highway with his semi-truck, dog. It's just like crazy movie. Not much dialogue. Uh, Dennis Weaver is, is who it stars. Um, but it, it's literally takes place on the highway 90% of the movie. Ugh. And um, there's probably a total of a hundred words said in the movie, but <laughs> you get it, you know, by watching it, you're like clued in like, Oh shit, this is okay. Like, all right. And then, you know, he stops at a rest stop or like this, this like diner joint on the side of the highway um, and he goes in to have some food and then all of a sudden he looks out the window and the tanker that was behind him because he, he thought he, he thought he lost him and the tanker that was behind him is in the driveway now or in the parking lot. And he's like, oh, shit, the dude's here. So now he's watching everybody in the restaurant trying to figure out who the driver is. So then it's just like this whole like, I guess it's a thriller, but not really because no one gets killed. It's just uh He's just terrorizing him. He's terrorizing him on the highway, man. But anyway, that was like, the movie came out in like 1971. Mm-hmm. So it's an old movie and it always came on TV and it was one of those movies I fell in love with. It's crazy. So yeah, man, that was, that was, that was, uh, those were the four movies that I, that are, they're in my top five, but I, I, um, I fell in love with them because they were just movies that came on TV. Never right. went to the theaters to see them, obviously, because the Warriors was what, 79? um duel was 71 yeah a big trouble will china was like 1986 or something like that i was six years old and then um death wish was like 1985 death wish three so these are all old movies but they're movies that i if they were on tv right now i would interrupt this interview and go watch them <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah. those movies that i'm gonna stop doing whatever it is i'm doing man and i'm watching because they're on tv and i don't want to miss them even though i've seen them a hundred times it's one of those those movies I gravitate towards, man. I have albums like that that I gravitate towards, and so right. when you when you you know, it's the same with movies. Uh, right? Nah, I, I totally know. get it. Like, like, um, before we move on to music, because I want to touch on I want to touch on the stuff that you grew up on with music. But like, I love I love like simple I love like simple premises because like I've never I've never heard a duel before, but that sounds a lot like something like uh like Speed, you know? Like everybody's seen Speed. Here, hold on, let me and um, like. You got a, uh, I got, I got him digging through his cabinet right now. Y'all can't see it, but (laughs) this movie right here. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I've never heard of that before. I'm gonna no? have to go find that. <laughs> yeah, man, this is this is it right here. I like, I love it so much. I had to, you know, buy it when it was on. I still have all my DVDs and stuff. Yeah, same. I got all mine too. So, but who, it's literally, this, who, you know, this. Who, sorry. This is uh it's a Steven Spielberg uh, film. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. See, it's um, never heard of it. Um, wow. Or a uh, film by uh, Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I saw the yeah, film man. by. It's, it's, I couldn't. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, it's just called Duel, man. Not the Duel or not whatever. It's just Duel, man. It's just. But a lot of people, if I talk to people about that movie, no one know. No one's ever heard of it. No one knows what it is. They don't know what I'm talking about. They're like, "Yo, I've never seen that. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, what is this?" Right. But when you put it on and watch it, man, it's captivating. You want to follow it. You're like, "Yo, this is crazy." Because then you're thinking about, "What if this happened to me?" What if I'm on the, what if I'm on, you know, I'm on the, um, on the, on the, on the, on the expressway or on the highway and then just this semi truck, this crazy, creepy, rusty, you know, beat up semi truck just starts messing with me on the highway, man. And every time I speed up, it speeds up too. And every time I turn a corner or get off of the exit, it gets off with me. It's just like, and then, then you think you lost it. You think, oh, I'm cool. Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the clear it appears again. And you're like, yo, what is going on? Like, this is crazy. That's what happens to my man. And so you got to watch it. It's dope. That's hard. No, no, no. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna I'm, I'm definitely find it. it. It was like, a, um, it's kind of sort of similar, but not really. Uh, the new Michael Bay movie, Ambulance, is kind of sort of like that. Okay. Okay. But that was fun. Or yeah, 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 yeah. No, nah, that was fun. Okay. But um, nah, I love I love stuff like that. So now nah, you just put me on. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. Um, so let's hop over to music. So like, when did you first fall in love with music, and like, when did that really first start to like connect with you on that level? Um, man, you know, I'm like, I've, I've always music has always been a background thing, you know, in my household or, right. um, you know, my parents aren't musical. You know, they don't play instruments or sing in bands or. You know, we didn't grow up singing in the church or anything like that, that everybody else always says. No, they weren't really, you know, but they would play their music, you know what I'm saying? When they're, you know, cleaning the house or we're having a little get together or something like that. And, um, you know, I always said that, uh, you know, I grew up listening to, um, you know, two different versions of Summer Breeze because I have my, my, my dad is black, my mom is white. So on one day I would hear the Isley brothers. Oh yeah? yeah. Yeah. On one day I would hear the Isley brothers version of, uh, of summer breeze. But then on another day I would hear the seals and Crofts version of summer breeze. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's so I, I kind of grew up in that type of household where, you know, I would, I would hear, you know, the carpenters and the mamas and the papas and journey. And then on this note, I would hear Marvin Gaye or, you know, the temptations, you know, it's like, um, so I've always, music's always been around, um, you know, but like I said, it was, it was just back here. It wasn't, uh, anything that I focused on or, uh, until, you know, really until I started getting into hip hop, man, and my, probably what I think my first album I ever owned, my first tape that I ever owned was, uh, he's the DJ, I'm the rapper, uh, ah, the by classic. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And I think that was 1988, I want to say, um, so, you know, when Parents Just Don't Understand came out and, you know, Nightmare on My Street came out and that was like when I started falling in love with that music, you know, and I mean, the first hip hop joint I've ever um, 
you know, ever, ever listened to was, was um, Sugar Hill, you know, Sugar Hill Gang. So uh-huh. my dad had that down in the basement. He would show it to me. Um, but other than that, you know, it was DJ Jazz Jeff and the Fresh Prince when they, when they came out with that album. And <laughs> then my second album of all time, or my second album I ever had was way on the opposite end of the spectrum was the DOC. Wow. Um, no one can do it better. That's and a jump. So I had those two albums. <laughs> That's a jump. Those were my two, two tapes that I had. I had those two tapes. I had the DOC and I had DJ Jazz Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And we're talking like, this, this doesn't make any sense. These are two opposite ends of the spectrum two yeah. opposite ends of the united states two type it you know what i'm saying it's just like but my mind i loved both of them you know equally like i would listen to both like yo these are you know and for a long time i had those two tapes and i would bounce back and forth but um i think it wasn't until oh main source came out with breaking atoms that's kind of when you know when looking at the front door came out um you know and and live at the barbecue of course yeah and friendly game of baseball you know like though when i came out it was like this is my this is what i i this is what i love this is the music i love this is this is hip-hop this is what i want to listen to not necessarily yet what i want to do but this is what i want in my headphones at all times man this Mm -hmm. is what i want yeah and then it's just like you know I, i started to just kind of kind of pick apart the music. Like I was saying how people do with movies, like that's how I did with music. It was, um, you know, I would listen to different parts of the music. I would listen to, oh man, this part right here and just keep listening to that single part. And then I would rewind it, pick a whole nother part, like a snare or a drum or, or, you know, or or a piece of the music and just kind of focus on it. And I couldn't just listen to music and love it for a, for what it was as a whole i had to kind of um dissect it and um i don't know that's just when i knew i just really instead of just being a listener i wanted to be a participant you know and i wanted to be a part of that so i think i was about 16 um when i started actually trying to make beats that was when i started you know trying to figure it out man and get it going so that was 1996 and that was right in the mid, right in the mix, like right in the, you know, what I would call like my the best five years of hip hop was like 91 to 96 to me. That was like, mm-hmm. that's my golden, my golden years, my goal, you know. And um, so that was kind of like right in there was like all this great music was coming out. All this stuff was just like, oh, blowing my mind. And I wanted to be a part of it, man. I didn't know how, but I wanted to be a part of it. And so I started uh, dabbling, man, trying to make beats. And wow. Yeah, that's 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 a wild story to go from to go from uh, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince to the DOC to Breaking Adams and then just like make it there. And like before we move on, like you mentioned, um, you mentioned parents just don't understand. And I um, because like that's that's not one of the earliest rap memories I have, but like, I remember they made a, they made a, uh, they made another version. They remade Parents Just Don't Understand with Lil Romeo for the Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius movie. And I remember oh, hearing that really? for the oh. first, yeah, it, it wasn't oh. good. I remember hearing that for the first time. And I can't, and, even, and I like, can't I, even imagine. I played it on the radio and my dad was like, you know, this is a remake, right? And I'm like, no, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like nine, 10 years old. I'm like, no, what do yeah. you mean? And he played me the original and I was like, oh, 
like will smith made this because like because you're like i'm a kid i've seen men in black and wild wild west and all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. so so like i mostly know like i knew that will smith was a rapper but like i knew oh so you yeah you came up in the age where yeah will smith was mainly an actor right he was yeah, he was yeah. like like independence day had already happened he was already out of here yeah yeah so like yeah so like yeah, I, kinda... I came up obviously when they were when it was you know they weren't they weren't even talking about I, this was before the fresh prince of bel-air came out you know what i'm saying this right is back when they were just dj and rapper man that was it and you know it was and he was a he was a good rapper yeah you know what he i'm was saying a good rapper, dj jazz jeff is one of the best djs of all time so yeah, yeah that was the times man and it, they were safe you know what i'm saying that was the thing they were safe because yeah parents would buy their records for their kids because they were just they were a safe you know an item on the shelf man they were safe so um not not no cussing or n-words right. or anything like that it was just it was safe material so and then you had stuff like parents just don't understand where it was just kind of it was playful it was kitty you know what i'm saying it was kind of you know ah they're saying just what i feel and you know yeah relatable music at the time and yeah man yeah no that was that was that was great times it was a great album too yeah no i agree i um, um i was listening to it again recently and yeah no nah, like he's the G, he's the dj i'm the rapper is 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 a really solid project and like Absolutely. definitely like you like you could see why it was the first rap album to win a grammy and then you could see why will and jeff didn't show up to win it because protests and because yeah. solidarity but yeah, yep. like <laughs> shout out to them for that. Yeah. Yep. Um. So before we move on to your music specifically, I have one more like music and film related question. So like, so like, was there ever a period of time like as you grow up and you're kind of taking in all this different music and all these different movies that like, was there ever a time when you consciously linked film and music together in your head? Like as, a, as like two things that can complement each other. Like, even if it's just like, oh, like this, this song on a soundtrack compliments this part of a movie like it doesn't have to be exactly that but like something about the two no, of them. well so obviously the music you know the score just kind of it it, it, it kind of moves and, and tells you how to feel at a certain time so it kind of tells you mm -hmm. you know this person did something right here all right so this music's going to tell you how to feel if this music wasn't here who knows if you'll feel the same or not I really caught that or lack thereof on No Country for Old Men. Ah, oh, man, thank you. So, yeah. No Country for Old Men, a lot of people don't realize, they're like, man, something's missing. There's no score. There's zero music throughout the whole, whole movie. Zero score. And a lot of people don't realize it. They know something's missing. They know it feels different. And they're like, man, what is going on? But they don't realize, like, there's there's not a single bit of music to that whole movie. Yeah. So there's nothing to tell you how to feel about this certain moment. There's nothing that kind of sways your emotions, you know, when he does this or she does that, or he, you know, it, there's nothing, it's really up to you and to determine how you feel about what just happened. You know, music sways your emotions. When the music's not there, all right, so now it's up to me. Do I, do I feel a certain way about what just happened or, you know, it's like, oh, shit. Or, or it was like, did that bother me? Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But so that, that was the, the first movie that really made me um, 
don't want to say appreciate the score because it was great without a score. It made me just really notice scoring and what it does to a movie. I think there was a guy out there who said, and I don't know if he did it, but he said he was going to try to score that film just to see what it would be like if there was music or if there was a scoring track throughout the film. I don't think he ever did. And this was years ago when he said he was going to try to do it. And he was a, he was a professional you know, musician who, who scored films and stuff like that. He was going to do it just as a, um, just to kind of play around, you know, just uh, see what it would sound like, his, his little version. But uh, I don't know if he ever did it or not. I can't remember his name or anything about that. But that was the first movie that really um, just kind of made me think about the importance of, of a score or not having a score and what it's trying to do to the listener and the, watch, the person watching the emotions right. you know and so that's and I know, I know that's more of a um a more modern movie but when i first saw it i was like holy shit like what's going on here this is crazy i've never yeah. seen this before i've never seen a movie without a score you know i've never seen a movie without music trying to uh determine my emotions and feelings mm -hmm. like, this is crazy so Man. yeah that's a good choice and like i um i didn't realize that until like really recently um i actually had somebody on earlier this season my man brain orchestra shout out to brain orchestra he brought that up too and he oh, told word. me that and, and, and i told him like wait a minute like like i thought about it and i was like that movie didn't have a score so like that's oh. like so so like i just realized that like this year low key. that's crazy that's so crazy. like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a but you yeah, were like, you were left to feel how you would normally feel if you saw that or saw a certain instance you know it was, it was left up to you right. and your emotions it, exactly. You didn't have any music steering those emotions, those emotions, you know, you didn't have a score telling you how to feel. Yeah. So, yeah. I respect that, dope. you know, I respect that. So, so, you know, you already met, um, um, you already kind of outlined your journey to becoming just a list, um, just going from just being a listener to being a participant in rap, like you said, and, you know, like you start, uh, you said you started making beats when you were about 16 years old, yep, right? Yep. And, you know, you kind of, you kind of establish, you kind of establish a style and start pushing forward. And one thing, um, one thing that I've learned about you through reading various interviews is that I don't know if this is true anymore, but at one point you had a very specific setup with like your beats, like with the software and the equipment and like a specific pair of speakers that you would never, ever get rid of. Yeah, that... no, I got, uh, needless to say, I got rid of them a long time ago, but. Okay, I thought no, so. I, uh, <laughs> well, cause I had to, I had to evolve a little bit. Right. Man, it was getting, it was like, all right. But no, they were some, um, some Phillips, some Phillips. So I had a, uh, I had a dorm room stereo is what we used to call them you know, back in college, man. And um, it's just one of them stereos you buy from Best Buy or wherever, you know, yeah. that had the long wires to the little speaker. Speaker, You can you could take the speaker and, and kind of slide it into the main unit and hook it up and make it look like a boom box. Or you can unwrap the long cable wire and have your speaker way over here and this speaker way over here. And then the main, you know, unit, it's going to be in the middle. And anyway, <laughs> yeah, for a long time, man, I made beats through that. You know, I mean, if it had an RCA cable or, you know, RCA uh, input or out, out input, I, I can easily make beats to it. I was good, man. And um, I did that for a long time. And I had two sets of those speakers. And it was just more about, and they were blown too. They were really bad. So if I turned it up, they just crackle and, right. but 
it just kind of came down to knowing how to manipulate sound on those specific speakers, even though they were blown and they were not really made for that. You know, I knew how to make my early albums were all made on them speakers. Like, right. You know, I think I'm, I think the last album I made on those speakers was probably uh, maybe I'm, let's see. I made clouds on the speakers. I made wow trophies. I made dice game. Um, I think the last album I made on those speakers is one of the Ugly Heroes albums. I think the first Ugly wow. Heroes album. But after that, I uh, I ended up getting some uh, some JBL monitors and and then I just kept upping it from there. Um, and now I, I work on three different sets of monitors and, um, it's just a little more updated, a little, a little better. I think, uh, you know, I think it was necessary, you know, and, and I was just, I'm not big on change. I don't like change. So learning the sound of new speakers and new monitors and trying to, you know, manipulate the sound. So I know it sounds good on an album or, at a show or whatever and learning how to do all that new stuff. I hated it. I hated, but I, it was necessary. It was something I had to do. So right. I did it. Upgrade. Yeah. I hated. Yeah, yeah, totally. I saw, um, um, yeah. Cause I was, uh, um, cause I was watching your, uh, rhythm roulette episode, the one on, on the mass appeal thing you did. And just like that setup, I was just like, wow. Like the fact that the fact that you made an album that sounds as beautiful as clouds, on a system like that is yeah. like, like, cause, cause like clouds is like, what clouds is so pretty. It's so elegant. It's so like so many things. It's just like, Appreciate just it. like, <laughs> it's just like seeing that is just like, it's, it's like, it's just amazing. The stuff that like, cause you're like, it's all about familiarity and just like, you know, this system. So you're kind of working with that system. Like I That's get what it. it is. Yeah. You know, like, like I have like, you know, like as like a writer and as like, you know, like at one point I've made music when I was like much, 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 much younger, but like, we all just have these like very simple, like, 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 like these familiar things that we don't want to let go of, even if it's yeah, not like, no, I most, agree. you know, like it's, it's like, I get it. I completely understand. I agree, man. Everybody has their thing, man. Everybody has something that the, you know, they just, like you said, that you can't really let go of, man. It's, it's a part of your, your routine. It's a part of how you, how do you make your music or, or whatever you're doing. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it is, it is what it is. Everyone has something has that in their arsenal. Totally. And, you know, like, and, and I'm actually happy you brought that up because like, because like, as a, like, an, like one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because like, to me, you have like very like auteur tendencies when it comes to the way you make your music. Like you have a very, like you have like signatures that it's like, you, you, you know, like the vinyl crackle at the beginning of mm -hmm. every album, for example, is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Le, like that's how you know you're hearing an Apollo Brown album or an Apollo Brown song. Like, I, like just because I'm curious, I don't know that you've ever mentioned this before, like, when did you decide to do that? Like, when was it like, I'm starting every album with a vinyl crackle? Like that's well, like, like, no, I'm like putting so, so vinyl, just that sound, man, is like one of my favorite sounds ever. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like vinyl crackle is just, it's just a great sound. I can sit and listen to that sound by itself. It's gorgeous. Um, I just wanted people to feel like they were putting a vinyl on. And even when they were, you know, and at, at that time, a lot of, you know, selling a lot of CDs and, you know, even with the digital stuff now, I just kind of want people to have that feeling of, you know, needle dropping, you know, a vinyl and it just kind of starts up. And, and even at the end of all the albums, there's the same, yeah. 
type of thing where it almost like the needle falls off the, the grooves. And, um, you know, that to me, that's just, it's, it's nostalgic, you know, it's old school, um, on all my albums, you know, as the track fades, the, the vinyl keeps rolling just like a regular, you know, there's no vinyl doesn't fade out, you know, or not vinyl, but, um, the crackle doesn't fade out. You right. know what I'm saying? The crackle keeps rolling even when the songs fade out. Um, that's just something I've always done. That's something I've always done with every album. And, um, you know, little things like that, like I'm glad you noticed, like the little things like that, you know, supporters definitely notice. And, and you know, over time and over, you know, a, a certain amount of albums, they'd be like, oh man, you know, they see these uh, consistencies that are, that I have. Um, and you know, that, that, that means a lot to me when you notice that type of stuff, it's little, there's people, a lot yeah. of people that don't notice it. They'd be like, Oh, for real. I didn't even understand. I didn't even know that. But you know, when you notice it, man, it's like, all right, I didn't do this for nothing. You know, yeah, it's just you those know? little things that I like, you know, like that shit yeah. matters, you know, like, like it, it's me, like, yeah. you know, like it's clearly like, like it's clearly there for a reason. And you know, like, it's just something that I, I don't remember exactly when I noticed it. But after, but it, it, no, no, I do. It was it was on Grandeur because Grandeur was something that I like. I was just stuck on that album for a while, and like, yeah. and, right. and like I listened to the beginning, and I was just like, "Damn, he really does this every single time." And I went and like just listened to all of them. I was like, "Damn, it's there every time." Yeah. So I was yeah. like, "Cool, you know, like that's beautiful, you know, like it, it's like I said, it's like a signature for you. Like that's like yeah. you're like, hey, an Apollo Brown, like again, like how like Spike Lee has like a Spike Lee joint, like that's like an Apollo Brown shit, like yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. it, and yeah. I love that, you know." Yeah, when you hear that at the beginning of an album, you know it's you know it's mine, man. That's you know, and I like that. There's nothing wrong with that, right? And speak and and you know, speaking of your projects, um, there's. Uh, I want to I wanted to briefly touch on like a couple of them that really that are either like personal favorites or just like stuff that I feel like is really important in your catalog. And I think there's uh, no better place to start with that than um, the Gas Mask album by The Left, which is you and uh, um, a journalist 103 and my yep. homie DJ Soko. Shout out to Eric. Love you. Um, uh, so, so, so just like talk to me about because like. Cause like you would, cause like of course like the reset had come out um already and you had already done like a um I'm like a producer rapper compilation, but this was like the first like I'm locking in with one rapper and one DJ. So like yeah, so I mean that album actually was done before reset. Like uh, oh really? Uh, yeah yeah we we had that album done before we even before I we inked the deal for it. So mm, um, we were okay. just kind of sitting on that album and actually I shopped that album to probably 12 different labels who turned it down um you know nobody wanted it they were just like yeah we're good thanks we're good whatever whatever and i don't know this was at the time i think this was 2009 so um you know finally you know when i when i signed my specific deal um mike over at mellow music group was like i showed it to him i was like yo i'm sitting on this album called gas mask and um you know, it's, 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 it's me and journalists and Soko. And, um, he was like, yeah, let me hear it. And he heard it and he was like, yo, this is fucking the greatest shit I've ever heard in my life, man. What do you, <laughs> what do you want for this? Like, what do you, like, I want to put this out. And I was like, all right, cool, man. Cause I'd already shopped it around to a bunch of labels and nobody wanted it. So I was like, 
all right, well, maybe I found a home for it. Um, Cause at that time I'm like, I'm like, do people just not like this album or what, man? And I'm like, I don't understand. This album is amazing to me. This is like my baby. I'm like, yo, what, why, why are people turning this album down? Um, and it's crazy. So I went from that. Now it's online for like $600. So, you know, for the vinyl. And I'm like, you know, it's a little cult following, a little cult, you know, album, whatever. Um, but that album, man, that, when we made that album, it was, we were hungry, man. We were hungry when we made that album. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and I think we're all still hungry and we still show that we're hungry. But at that time, we didn't have anything. So we were just hungry. We were hungry to get to the next level and, 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 you know, make people take notice. And that album was, that was that one right there, man. And so we made it out of, out of that, just out of hunger, man. And, and, you know, we had a great supporting cast, you know, the features on that album were great, you know, um, and just the music, the lyrics, everything on that album was amazing. So, um, I still, to this day, hands down i love that album and you know it's a cult classic yeah man like like i remember the first time i heard the melody and was just like yeah this is this is something special like it it just feels it's 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 like a like it's just like a nice little like security blanket type of type of beat you know like that really it makes me feel so comfy (laughs) you know like yeah and jern jern did his thing on there man jern was for real like you know he just he he killed that whole album so it was just it was it was beautiful right you know and like that really and you know like of course like that was like the start of your tenure over at mellow um and like that really you know like that 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 was kind of like i'm like obviously it was an introduction to your to you for a lot of people but then you move on to something like trophies the project with oc which just turned 10 this year which is like i can't believe that album's already 10 like So, um, so yeah, just like talk to, talk to me about, talk to me about working with, um, fucking OC on trophies and like, that was, that was, that was crazy to me, man. Like, Oh, always a professional, always done this for a long time. Um, I just remember being in high school, you know, listening to Jules and, um, you know, Jules is one of my favorite albums of all time. So I was a fan, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of everybody I work with. So, right. Um, but being able to work with OC was like, you know, make an album with them. Like, oh man. So we got together. Um, when we decided to make the album, man, it was like, I mean, I, I just remember we got in the studio and, and, and I had a, um, an eight hour block, an eight hour studio block. And he did 12 songs in eight hours. What? That's crazy to me. 12 songs in eight hours. And we're not talking about two verse songs. We're talking about three verse songs. Yeah, back when that was still acceptable it was, to, still to most thing. people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Three verse songs, 12 in eight hours. I was like, like mind blown. Um, you know, that was crazy to me, man. I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. And I had, I already booked like four eight hour blocks. Right. And I'm like, damn. So we went in for another four hours the next day and got the rest of it done. And then we didn't even have to use two of those blocks. And then we ended up leaving early on one block because it was like we were done. And um, professional, man, he knew what he, he knows. He's, he's all business in there. You know what I'm saying? And we play afterwards. Right. 
you know, and that's how I am. I kind of learned that from him as well. Like when I'm in the studio, man, it's all business. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, nobody needs to be in the studio. That's not, you know, on the record or has nothing to do with what we're doing. Right. You know, it's me and the artists and afterwards. Cool. If you want to call your homies and your girl or whatever, you know, afterwards, if you want to go out and go do this cool after the studio, but during the studio session, it's not a party, man. Time is money. We're in a working. Yeah. You know, let's get this done. I've been in studio sessions, you know, eight hour block studio sessions where they get one hook done in eight hours, one hook. That's crazy. Like I'd be, I'd be furious. Dog. I would, those weren't my sessions because I don't run sessions like that, but I would be furious. One hook done in eight hours. Come on, dog. Like that's not, now I didn't expect oh, to get 12 songs done in eight hours. That's crazy. Yeah. I was just, just, you know, expecting to maybe get five or six done. That'd be cool. I'd have been cool with that. Five songs, yeah. no, four, whatever. But 12 in an eight hour block? Nut. Yeah. It's man. But yeah, OC is amazing. He's a legend. Um, top tier lyricist, you know, makes great music. And um, I mean, he's doing great things to this day. So, yeah. Right. Just like the, like, to me, like the sequence, the sequencing of trophies is just like ridiculous. Like to me, like the three, oh, man, the th- I love, I love the, it. The love three it. song stretch from the pursuit to prove me wrong to Nautica is just like, 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 I can't tell you how many times I've listened to those three songs. Just like that could be a whole, just like, that's it for me. I just listen to those three songs a lot yeah. sometimes, like just real, real smooth. That's what's I up, love man. it. I appreciate that. Appreciate yeah, it. Nah. Absolutely. Um, and this is kind of a jump, but um, I really wanted to touch on this one because I think it might be my favorite thing in your entire discography. And that's uh, Anchovies of Planet Asia, which like uh, yeah. is, is, is like really because yeah. um, c- um, I because I, I was stuck on the new Planet Asia project because I just reviewed it over at Pitchfork. And like I found myself going back to anchovies just because I was like in that mood. And I was just yeah. like, damn, this is just like it's 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 five years old now and like did see, see, yeah, like, talk yeah. to t- talk to me about working with asia because i know y'all had Yo. that um y'all had that remix project um oh. beforehand but like this is the first like we're doing a whole shit so what was what it was like I- working with asia no asia's i mean asia's one of my favorite mcs period but one of my favorite mcs over my beats and um you know he, he doesn't miss asia doesn't miss man you know what i'm saying like hit the way he rides a beat, his content, um, his voice, you know, everything about him as an MC is incredible. And that album, I've always wanted to do a really dirty album with no third party drums, just kind of, you know, just really dirty and dingy and grimy. And um, what better person to do that album with than, than Planet Asia, man? Like, and so we ended up doing that album. We wanted to call it anchovies because anchovies are those so you never you never go up to ask you you never asked a person hey do you like anchovies and they were like uh they're okay no <laughs> either they hate anchovies or they love anchovies yeah, that's it like there's no in between the type shit. Yeah. <laughs> there's no in between with anchovies you either love them or you hate them there's no they're okay and that's the same with this album we knew that we knew when we put this album out there was going to be people that are going to love it or there was going to be people that were going to hate it. And that was the whole idea behind anchovies, man. It was mm-hmm. like, like, 
you know, and I didn't care about, you know, there wasn't many people that hated it, but you had those people out there that were like, oh, where's the drums? It's not hip hop if there's no drums. Uh-huh. Oh, I need drums. Well, you know, I'm just like, yo, I got 20 some other projects that got tons of drums all over it. Why don't you go listen to those? Like, but this project, man, is one of my favorites and it's something I've always wanted to do, man. And we did it and it came out spectacular to me, came out amazing to me Um, from beginning to end. I could listen to that album and, and and just love it every time over and over and over, man. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we've been talking, so (laughs) that's all I'll say. Beautiful. Um, Yeah. You know, like, and and you're like, I got to say like, no gas, like, that's my favorite thing of yours like easy like run it back front to back and just like well stay tuned then hell yeah i'm ready (laughs) like the thing the thing that's really interesting to me about it is of course like you know like minimal to no drums all over it which i think was a first for you really that was man that was like there was no drums on any drums that were on that album um were beefed up out of the sample um any drums that you heard but i i I didn't use any third-party drums um it was just chops you know, chops and loops and, and um, just, you know, great arrangements, man. And, and then right. him on the, him on the lyrics, man, him, it just, it, it made sense, man. It made so much sense to me. Right. And it's just like, and it's just like, it's really interesting to have that come out when it did, because, you know, like, cause, cause like, of course, like rock Marcy put out Marsberg in 2010. And I feel like that kind of, challenged a lot of people's perception because like he was one of the not the first but like he kind of popularized like you know like everybody wants to make music with no drums now no drums and 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 you're like at that point in 2017 it hadn't really caught on the way it has now you know like you were kind of you were like once again maybe not the first but you were one of the most like prominent people to kind of be like hey i'm gonna do this shit with no drums it was like you and like ka basically you know like always does that yeah cod never uses drums man yeah right so um, like you know, yeah. and I've always had minimal, I, I love the minimal approach. I love that, you know, that whole minimalistic um, just kind of approach to music. And I, if you listen to all my albums, I have at least one on every album, you know, that that has a, a minimal sound to it like that with no drums or, or very, very minimal drums. But um, I, yeah, every album has one, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm you know... Like I come from that. I come from that era, man, and I'm cut from that cloth. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. You know where just shit was just super grimy, and you know drums didn't didn't have to be at a certain level. It was just you know the music spoke. You know, no matter what. Right, and it's just so crazy because like your drums are like some of the hardest I've ever heard outside of like outside of like Metro Boomin type shit. Word. You know, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. so it's just like so so like to just see you go from that to like strip all the way back was like you know like it caught me by surprise and i'm like i love this you no know? Like man it it's, just it's that it's that dj you jazzy know? jeff and fresh prince over here mm-hmm. and that doc over here man exactly you exactly know? exactly you know like got got it yeah you know like i'm a i'm you know like i'm big on a i'm big on a having like a balanced diet when it comes to rap so yeah, yeah I'm, i'll make a <laughs> you know i'll make a you know a raheem devon album on this side and then yeah. followed up that same year with a, with with a with an anchovies type album, man. Like that's right. I love that. I love doing that, man. And you know, just kind of showcasing what you can do, and you know, give giving everyone something. You right. know, yeah, 
absolutely. And I want to I want to touch on lovesick, but before we get to lovesick, um, I wanted to talk about sincerely Detroit because you because you've done you've done compilation albums before, but of course, like the mission statement behind that one is like all Detroit artists and all like Detroit artists a, a, man. Acro- across generations. Yep. So like obviously massive, massive, massive undertaking. So like. Oh, yeah. So like, talk to me about putting Sincerely Detroit together and like what it meant to kind of have all these people on this one album that you produced. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously doing something like that is is not easy, man. So, you know, I got I got 56 artists on one album and not That's just crazy. 56 artists, but 56 Detroit artists, artists on one album. Um, and we're talking about, you know, like you said, different different generations, different genres type, you know, within hip hop, uh, you got street, you got backpack, you got this artist that doesn't like this artist. So you want to make sure they're not on the same song together. You got, um, (laughs) you know, so you got to deal with the beefs and all that stuff. Um, You know, you just kind of got to deal with, um, you know, oh man, I'm still waiting, 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 waiting. You know, it's a lot of wait time when you're waiting on MCs Um, in in any, any, any type of project but you know once you get it it's it's all worth it and and it's beautiful man but that was something i wanted to do man i kind of wanted to showcase home i wanted to showcase detroit i wanted to you know detroit i always say as some of the best producers and 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 mcs artists period in this world so i wanted to showcase i wanted to showcase mcs i wanted to showcase singers i wanted to showcase djs um all over my interpretation of detroit sound so i never have never ever claimed to have a detroit sound i don't think that you know when you listen to my music it's not really the detroit sound it's more of an east coast boom bap sound but definitely um so if you if you go to no no depends on who you go to throughout the the city you ask them what a detroit sound is they'll have different you know different everyone say something different so I don't really consider my sound a Detroit sound. I consider that album my interpretation of what Detroit sounds like. So um, just putting that together, man, and getting it done was just like, that was a major feat. And I don't know if it'll ever be done again in that way or whatever, but, um, you know, that was something that, you know, I, I really am proud of, and especially the the way it came out and the way it sounds, the quality of that album, you know, they all stepped up and you, they knew they were on that, on a track with somebody and they were like, yo, I, I gotta, I gotta outshine or I gotta try to shine and everybody shined. Everybody did their thing. Nobody was lagging. Um, and we really represented the city of Detroit and that's what it was. It was, it was basically a, a, a gift to the world wrapped up and signed sincerely Detroit you know what I'm saying and that's what it was that's that's the whole thing just just showcasing showcasing the city right it's yeah like it's just so beautiful to see people like you know like having like having like having Guilty Simpson and Fat Ray on a song together and then following that with like I'm I'm with with a group like Clear Soul Forces like 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 that Clear Soul Forces song is is so crazy like shout out to all of them those are oh yeah yeah, it was beautiful I love that joint yeah just like you know, just like, like, you know, like it's just so much history and just like, once again, the fact that you oh, managed man, to lots of put history. all of that together, like, it's just crazy, you know, just like, just like, it, it was hard. like, 
I get exhausted just thinking about the amount of people that are on that album, you know, like it's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard to do, man. It's just one of those things that, you know, you got to really, you got to be ready for it mentally when you do it, you know, right. you got to really, you know, it's just a lot of work. Absolutely. And then, and, and then the last thing I wanted to touch on before we briefly hit on this must be the place was lovesick because of course like big big shift for you your first album done with a singer instead of a rapper um why was why was why was then because it's been what a year or two years was it 2020 or 2021 Uh, yeah it's been two years now so okay so so why so why um i mean yeah a why raheem devon i know y'all have worked together a bunch but like why like, like like why was it now why was now the right, or why was then rather the right time to make us to make a whole album with a singer? And why Raheem Devon? Man, that was an album that we we've, we've been working on for a long time. Um, I've always wanted, and I'm, and I'm checking off all these boxes, man. These these things that I've always wanted to do in right. my career, man. And one was to um, to make a soul album. You know, what I'm saying I've always wanted to make an R&B soul album. Um, I knew I had to check ops for it i knew i could do it and um i mean what better person than raheem devon i'm a huge fan um the love experience is probably my favorite r&b album of all time so i just i was like yo man that that, that we've already worked together we we kind of run in the same circles um raheem is a is a hip-hop head so yeah. he's all about it he's a fan i'm a fan Let's get together. Let's make this album. We made this album, got done with it. And uh, when we got done with it, man, I just sat and listened to it like, yo, this is incredible, man. And I couldn't believe that I'm like, yo, I did this. Like, I, I, I made these tracks. I made, I did some love making type stuff, man. And I was like, yo, somebody's going to conceive something in one of my tracks, man. That's cool. That's dope. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah, we put it together and, and, uh, when we put the album out, I was very apologetic when I put the album out. Now I shouldn't have been before we put the album out. I'm, you know, I, cause my, my fans are, I was very worried cause my fans are diehard 24 seven hip hop fans. Yeah. And I was really worried that if I were to put out something that was less than, or wasn't hip hop, um, that, you know, I would be alienating them and they would leave me and say, ah, we're not listening to Apollo Brown anymore. He changed. He went over to R&B. And it's like, nah, it's still Apollo Brown. It just has a little more, it's like, come on, we, we don't, we're not always hip hop, rah, rah, everything. Sometimes we got to slow it down, man. We're with our females or we're with our significant other. And, you know, sometimes we want to slow it down and just chill, man. And yeah. that's what that was. And you know what? the support was crazy um the the reaction to the album was crazy all all my uh my 24 7 hip-hop supporters supported it and they were like yo this is nuts man we love it you know we love what you did here and uh, i couldn't ask for a better response for the album man and you know i was super worried when i put it out i'm like man i don't want (laughs) to alienate my fans and and my supporters man so my day ones and I don't want them to think I'm changing on them. I don't want them to think that I'm, you know, switching it up to gain a whole nother fan base, which I did gain a whole nother fan base, but I wasn't trying hey. to switch it up for that, you know? And, uh, um, yeah. 
but yeah, no, no, it came out, it came out amazing. You know, no regrets whatsoever. Um, I would love to do it again sometime down the road, you know, and, you know, one of these times, like, I would love to, you know, do something with like Dwele or, or, um, uh, man, I would love to do something with Chico DeBarge. Hey, man. You know, <laughs> you know, stuff like that, man. Like, I'm, wow. I'm all about that. So, um, there's a couple other artists that I'm, that I, you know, on my radar, man, when it comes to that too. So, right. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was, that was, that was a good album to make. I'm glad I did. Yeah. I'm happy you did too. And like, you know, like there's a, you know, like there's all there's always been a there's always been an appetite and like a precedent for like for like rap producers making R&B stuff, you know, like Ninth Wonders worked with Mary J, yep, you know, yep. um, um, you know, like Knowledge and Anderson Pac have no worries, you yep, know, like yep. which is one of my favorite albums of all time. So like it's Great just album. like, Absolutely. yeah, really, really good, you know, like it's just like, you know, like, you know, like there's always going to be an appetite for that sort of stuff. And um, I'm happy that you kind of went I'm happy that y'all went with your gut instincts to like make yeah. something like that because like when, when i saw the announcement i was like huh it's about time you know like that was my first thought like it's about time he did something yeah. like this yeah, you know word. like it and you know you listen to it and it's not like it's not like the beats are appreciably different from the stuff you've done like you know like the structure is still there it's still like yeah. you could put a rapper over most of those beats and they probably yeah yeah and that's that's kind of what know? you know following the whole like 411 mary j blige you know thing where you know you're, you're singing over hip-hop style beats um, yeah 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 totally you know like it, it's you know like so like you uh like i said i'm just happy you i'm happy you followed i'm happy you went with your gut and made something and people liked it anyway so no doubt you know, no doubt no doubt appreciate shout out to it. that of course so um you know uh this must be the place has been out for about a a couple of weeks at this point yeah and yep, yep. um you know like this is your fourth instrumental tape and uh and if i had to pick it like i would say this is probably like the warmest beat tape i've ever heard you make like this like 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 the whole thing sounds like spring and summer to me and like it's, your it's, music uh, it's very hopeful man very hopeful you know instrumental man you know it's, yeah uh, it's kind of one of those things where like the album title this must be the place i'm not i'm not really talking about a specific place i'm talking about you know, when you when you catch yourself saying to yourself, man, I can't wait till I get to that place in my life where I this or that place in my life where, ah, you know, that's what I'm talking about. It's more of a moment. It's more of a, uh, you know, I'm at a place in my life where I'm I'm completely content. Um, you know, I have a beautiful wife. I have amazing kids. Um, you know, I have a a whole family that supports me and loves me. I have, you know, my house and, and my cars and my health. And, um, you know, I have a career that I absolutely love. Um, and I'm grateful for every day. And, you know, I'm at a place in my life where I'm just completely content and I'm happy. And that's kind of where the title comes on. This must be the place. Okay. This right. must be the place that I was talking about. I wanted to be, at. you know, this must be the place you look around and be like, okay, all right. And so that's, that's, that's what the album is about. And, you know, it's more about creating a backdrop um, for people to live their lives to, um, you know, when you think about background music, I, I, and I, and I, I invite people to call this background music, but when you think about the, that term, you know, and if you were to call somebody's music background music, they'd probably get offended. 
they probably like background music. My music ain't mm-hmm. background music. Right. You know what? But not realizing that background music is some of the best music out there. It's music that kind of controls your subconscious. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's music that, you know, like a score. It's the movie, in a movie. Score, exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It <laughs> controls your feelings. It controls your emotions. It even when you're your not, life, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And even when you're not like, you know, intent listening to it you know it's just in the background but you're not knowing that it's 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 messing with you you know the music behind you is messing with you so i'm okay with background music i want people i tell people yo put this album on and go about your life you know what i'm saying i don't care if you're fixing your car if you're cleaning your house if you're sitting at a coffee shop uh drinking tea or whatever coffee if you're uh, raking your yard, doing yard work. I don't care what you're doing, doing a long, long road trip, whatever. Just put the music on, put the album on and go about your life. You don't have to like specifically like deliberately listen to every track or listen to this or that or whatever. No, nah, just let it be your backdrop. Let it be your background music and you'll get it. You'll get what I'm saying. Yeah. And um, that's, that's why I made it. It's the music is very, very hopeful. Um you know, somebody called it melancholy, but I, I don't think it's melancholy. I yeah. think it's just more, I think it's just more hopeful music. It's just something that, you know, it helps you look forward to something. I want to make music that either makes you remember something or makes you forget something, you know, it takes you places. So that's what it is, man. And I, I enjoy this album. I listen to it myself um, every time I'm doing something. And that's not even just being biased. That's just, that's the music I'm on right now. That's what I'm, what I'm listening to. And I love it, man. It's one of my favorite albums ever made. Man, it's 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 a real it's a real solid listen. And like one th- one thing I always love about your beat tapes is that like there's always there's always a couple of beats on them that have that 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 first appeared on other albums. Like there's um I think yeah. Pipe Dreams on here is was on the Stolly yep, album. Yep, yep. Which which was which was and which I was did a, that a, because cool. you know so I did that because another you know, aspect of this album is, you know, another crazy thing about it is it, I didn't sample anything for this album. This is I all, didn't think so. it's not traditional sampling that I would normally do, you know, record dropping, you know, needle dropping, you know, digging, whatever. This album was completely used with, with sound design. So, you know, enlisting sound designers and, and their catalogs um, and, and amazing musicians and instrumentalists um, to make this record. And, um i did the same thing i started dabbling with sound design when when we made the uh raheem devon album Mm -hmm. so i had a couple tracks from the raheem devon album uh a track from the shaynor album uh, a couple tracks from the uh the stally album that i put on this must be the place as bonus tracks you know they're just bonus tracks that i put on there um because they were also made with sound design and I wanted all that got it. together. I wanted it got all it. grouped okay. together on one album. Okay. So yeah, yeah. And so, but I, but I labeled them as, um, as you know, even though they were on other albums, they were just bonus tracks on this album. So people can hear them as instrumentals. I know there's a lot of people, a lot of people that wanted to hear those tracks as just instrumentals and um, there they have it. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just thought that was a nice touch, you know, like I just kind of heard a couple and I was like, yeah. wait a minute, I've heard this before. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, you mentioned Shay Noir. I just wanted to shout her out because I think she's dope and I loved as God intended. 
Word, like, yeah, she's, like, a, she's yeah. an amazing MC, man. Ma- she's amazing so artist. crazy, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, so. it, like, like that, like that storytelling song where she's telling the story yeah. about like yeah. shooting her man. Yep. Like, oh man, <laughs> that's that. Yeah. Like, like I remember where I was the first time I heard that song. <laughs> like, yeah, she keep, like, she keep you hanging on, man. She's dope. She's super yeah, dope. Man. Yeah, I. It, it was um, blood is thicker. There we go. Yep. I, that 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 song is just so crazy. Just had to put that out there. <laughs> um. Yeah. So you know, like, so you know, like you've had a, you know, like you've had a, you've had a pretty, you've had a pretty remarkable career. You've been so prolific. Like I said at the beginning, you've dropped over a dozen collaborative albums alone, and that's not even oh, counting. Man, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on number thirty-one. See, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, like that's not even counting. That's not yeah, even my counting, next album like that the... I'm putting out, man, is, is going to be number thirty-one. My thirty-one, wow. my thirty-first, my thirty-first title. So like, so like, you know, like, that's like a combination of it's a combination of collaborative albums and, and like the groups like ugly heroes and the, and, and the left, you know, like also, also like shout out to verbal Kent and, and Chris Oric uh, from yep. ugly heroes. Cause yep. like the yep. ugly heroes albums are fucking crazy too. Um, so just like, you know, like you've, uh, you've done a lot over the course of like 15, maybe even pushing yeah. 20 years yeah. at this point. And you're, and, and, and like this, and, and like when you first started, like they're like you know like your sound had an audience but like i feel like we're at a point now where there's more there's more of an appetite for the type of music you make like you were kind of you were kind of like working against the grain a bit when you first started and now there's even more space for the type of music you make than ever so i guess i was just curious before we wrap this up like how does you know like how does it feel to kind of go from a point where you're kind of working or, or, or like not like working against the grain but just like kind of you know like you're kind of like working with you're kind of working from like a smaller circle to like just kind of have it just just like now you kind of have more space to make a r&b album put out a beat tape and have mm-hmm. people come looking for the instrumentals from their favorite projects of yours like how does it feel to look back and kind of see how far you've traveled and how much more I guess for lack of a better word, accepted, you know, like the type of music you make is. Well, you know, I, I think that is the, that's what happens when you are consistent. Yeah. I think consistency plays a, a huge role in people looking for the music that I make or the albums that I put out. Um, I, I'd like to say that I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm probably the most consistent producer over the last decade. I'm consistent. You know, I, you, you know what you're going to get from me. You know what I'm saying? Whether, what, whatever it is, you know what you're going to get from me, um, whatever the sound may be. And I had, um, I had one guy, you know, he was like, if I were to describe you in one word, I would describe you as reliable. And I was just like, that's it. I was blown away with that. I was like, and most people would be like, okay, that's cool. No, me, I, I just, I took that compliment as like, like I wanted to shed tears over that compliment, bro. I was like, yo, that's crazy to me. That like reliable, like reliable is such a strong word. When you call someone reliable, especially in music, it's like saying, doesn't matter what you put out. Doesn't matter what you do. I'm buying it. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I don't care if your name's on it. I'm, I'm, I'm there because you're so reliable. You know, you, you get me through whatever I need to get through, whatever I'm looking for at the time. 
you got it. Um, you are just everything you put out. I, I, you know, I'm never disappointed that type of shit. It was just like, yo, reliable. So reliability and consistency, I think, uh, they, that plays those plays, huge plays, huge factors in where I was then and where I'm at, I'm at now. And, you know, having a, uh, a fan base that I had to build up versus a, you know, a fan base that's there every time I put something out now and not having to worry about trying to gain fans, which I do, but it's not something I worry about. Um, like back in the day where I was going against the grain, like you said, you know, trying to fight my way up with all this other types of music and, and people gravitating towards other things and looking at my historical boom bat music as something that's old or all that's but now you have a whole a whole man group of people who are just like yo i i yearn for that i need that you know what i'm saying all this shit that's out now is like now nah, this ain't it i need i need that i need that boom bat so right and i'm glad i could still make it you know yeah you know and that and, and, and you know like people still want it and like more yeah. people want it now than they did 10 years ago you know right. like it, it's it, it's just like you know like just ju just to like see that sea change and like not even just to have it be like because you know like there's like all different there's all different sectors to like this type of music like there's like regular boom yeah. bap there's like more like the loopless stuff like the rock marciano and anchovy shit there's like yeah, yeah. you know you know like it's like there's so many different permutations of it and like people just want that and you know like i'm happy you brought up the thing about uh, i'm happy you brought up the thing about reliability i wrote a piece about something similar like kind of like that phenomenon uh, for dj booth it must have been in 20 man like 18 19 and it's just like you know like just like that idea of like reliability and like predictability but in like a good way you know like yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. you know like people who just like establish they, they they like establish a sound they know the type of music they want to make and they continue to make it and yeah. you know like uh, like like a combination of confidence and just like quality music making just like makes it something that it's like you know what i'm um, like i was saying before it's like comfort you know like you know yeah. like there's you, you know like kind of like kind of like with you with um like your four favorite movies that like if they're on tv you'll watch them whenever yeah you know like it's it, it's it's just like you know yeah. what you're getting and you get it and you enjoy it and that's and you know that's it Mm -hmm. You know, like, and, and, and you know, like, kind of like take it as it is, like, what you know, like, you can have, like, you know, like, people like, you know, like, you know, like, you, know, you might have your critiques, but it's like, it works for the way it works. And that's cool. Yeah. You know, like, I love, I love stuff like that. And like, it's really hard to get to a point where you're making stuff like that and like it's consistently good, you know, because like, there, because like, there's like a difference between being consistent and being consistent and like making music that's worth listening to. Because yeah. not everybody who drops, three times a year is making music it's worth listening to that's true you no, know very <laughs> like, true. Very true. so um so you know like you've you know like you've you've earned it i mean, I mean like, you don't need me to tell you that but like you you know i like, know but really, i always appreciate it always yeah, appreciate it definitely you know it's it's just like i just i like i just think that that aspect of listening to music is super important just like being consistent and making good shit is like hard mm -hmm. to do so we always got to salute the people who do it, you know? It's all about shit. quality, man. Quality over quantity. Yes, sir. And to officially wrap this up, my last question for you. Um, if your life was a movie, what would it be about, Apollo Brown? 
my life was a movie, what would it be about? Oh man. God, my life, my, 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 my movie would be boring as hell, man. <laughs> That's okay. It would be super boring. Cause I lead a super boring life, man. Just like, I'm so, you know, I, I'm just, a, I'm a dad. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a husband and I, I build things and I go grocery shopping and it would just be, it'd be like the Truman show, you know, just be everyday life, man. And just, Oh man. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. I guess it would just be about, uh, it would probably be a, a comedic drama about a dad and his crazy kids and his funny ass wife. And, uh, you know, he just so happens to be a superhero producer that kind of dips down into the basement every now and then. And the rest of the family wonders where he goes. And then all of a sudden he comes back out and he's a whole different person because he looks like Apollo Brown now. And he has a hoodie on with a with a, a fitted cap. And uh, I don't know, man, my, my, my I'm just going off of the going off of the dome, man. But I, I really my. My movie would be super boring, bro. It would just be about a dad and his and a dad and his family, you know. And because uh, that's just my everyday life, bro. I don't do anything, you know. I tell people all the time. It's funny. It's like I don't even feel like I'm in the industry anymore. I kind of just contribute to it, you know. I don't do industry things. I don't hang out with industry people anymore. I don't go to industry parties, shows. I go to shows every now and then, but. Um, it's kind of like I just contribute to it when it's my turn. And then when I'm done contributing, I come back to my everyday regular life. And, um, you know, it, it's just, yeah. So my movie would be not, it would not be fun to watch, bro. It wouldn't, it would be boring. Hey, be man. Like daddy daycare. So <laughs> slice of life shit is cool. Like your movie, your movie would be a slice of life. And that's fine. That's, bas- that's basically what it would be, too. That's exactly <laughs> what it would be. I fuck with that. That's fine. You know, like, you know, you know, you know like it'd be a movie you, you watch and relate to when you're, you're older. You know I'm <laughs> be like, oh, OK, that's what he's talking about. All right. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm not I'm not mad at that at all. I think it's that's the life answer. I prefer, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the life you know. I, I prefer to live. You know, I've done all yeah. that other stuff. I'm not you know, I'm, I'm cool without it. Yeah, man, I so. feel you. That's beautiful. I love that. Well, I don't have any more questions for you, but um, but man, Apollo, thank you so much, man. Like, hey, this man, is, I, pre- this, I appreciate you having me, man. This was this was dope. It was dope. Nah, I, man, I, I enjoyed this. Nah, I'm happy. I'm happy, especially you know, like especially since, especially since, like, you know, like, like movie movies are something that I feel like connect with everyone, regardless of how, like, you know, like like movies and music are things that everybody connects to, regardless of how like deep into it you are. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, I just love, I just love to pick people's brain about this type of stuff. And just like, yeah, yeah no, I just, it's all, yeah. it's a universal, they're both universal language, man. So yeah, without a doubt. Nah. And go watch nah, that man. movie duel, man. Go watch. I, pro- I, I promise I will. I promise, yeah. promise, promise. I will. <laughs> I'm, I'm and then like, I, I want, I want you to hit me and let me know how, uh, how it was, how you felt nah, about I, it. I absolutely will. Like, I'm gonna now, try don't to go into it. it. Don't go into it expecting any acting or dialogue or anything That's like that. That's fine. You got to love it for what it is, man. You got to love it for what it is. A Amen. 1971 Steven Spielberg film about a man on a highway getting chased 
and th- and terrorized by a semi truck. Gotcha. That's it. There, there it is. That sounds great to me. Nah, like I'm with it. Like, nah, I'm. I, I promise, I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna do something. Right, with <laughs> Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far, and shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.